welcome to Cold Coffee. Hello, my name is Kristen Hewitt. It's a wonderful day here in South Florida, and I'm so excited to introduce my beautiful podcasting partner, Miss Tova Lee. Hey, Kristen. How are you? Oh my God, it's so funny. It's a beautiful day. I wish I could show you. It's pissing down with rain. <laughs> yes, it's time for Tova's weather uh, exactly. report. It's back to winter here in London. We had a good week and that's it. It's, it's finished now. That's it. We're back to our coats and our boots and being miserable and drinking tea. Yeah. How are you? Is it, is it <laughs> I feel like we cold? haven't spoken really in so cold? long. It's so, first of all, is it really cold? Like you need a coat uh, in the middle of mm, September? It's wet. Do you know what I mean? So like even if it's not cold, it's like it's wet. And we did wear jumpers today. Like I was wearing a t-shirt and then wore a jumper. Anyway. What I is will, a jumper? A ju- What's a jumper? <laughs> a sweater? <laughs> a sweater. <laughs> oh I'm going to just start doing definitions because sometimes you say things and I don't know what they are. Tova, I missed you. You've been gone for like, I mean, you've been on holiday for like five million weeks. Oh, How are you? How was your vacation? My vacation was really nice, although it's it feels like it would never happen. And you know when you get back from hot, well, when I got back from holiday, okay, I, let's start with this. I've had the worst week ever coming back from Again? holiday. Yeah, I know. Coming back from holiday and the kids are at home and they haven't gone back to school and they're just climbing up the walls and everything's like ugh, piles of laundry and all that. So yeah, but our, our vacation <laughs> was lots of fun. We were, we went to Italy and it was lovely. It was really, really good, but it does feel like we haven't spoken in ages. What has happened? What's happening with you? How did your daughter settle into school? I've been wanting to ask you this. Yes, because you were gone for a couple of weeks. Um, she finally, she does not cry anymore. Oh. So that's a good thing. Yeah. She's finally settled in and she likes it. On the first day of school, she got locked in the bathroom. <gasps> um, the door is quite heavy and she didn't know how to open it. So that was quite a challenge to get her used to that. But um, she's she's better. It's better. So I'm I'm happy to report that we don't have, we haven't had any tears for a couple of days, oh, which bless. is such a relief yeah. because I think it was more traumatic for me. <laughs> just being so worried for her yeah. but uh, than it was for her. But I know how you feel when you come back from vacation, Tova. There's so much to do. Yeah. And I always say that the best part about a va- uh, the best part of a vacation with kids is when it's over. <laughs> yeah, but the best but, part of summer is when they go back to school. I mean, no, seriously, like we you know you I know you were you were you were very emotional with your daughter starting school and my daughters are starting school as well. And I I initially was emotional about it, but now I am just so ready, so ready for this to happen. And they only start on the 15th of September, Kristen, the 15th of September. I've got more than two weeks still to go, and I have no idea what I'm going to do. Like, seriously, I'm going insane. I mean, for real, Um, for real. Like for real, <laughs> really? It's that. So are they? So they're done with summer camp. Yeah, home there's with you no now? camp. That's it. It's camp, mummy and daddy. You know. So yeah, we, yeah. I know, I know, I know. And it's odd that you have it at a different time than we do here in the states. I mean, you guys, you know, your your summer break they start school so much later. But um, I know it's challenging. It's hard to be home with your kids, and you have three. Yeah. Um, I feel like it serves so me right though, because I was so cocky at the beginning of summer, saying, "Well, you know, our kids are at camp." But I don't really feel it. And now I'm like, I want to kill myself, you know? So it kind of Well, I was like that the last, it took me, so you know, I did literally nothing over the summer, but it took me until the last nine days. And with nine days left in the summer, I finally screamed, I can't wait for you guys to go back to school. Because they were driving me nuts fighting. But I have to tell you, school has been hard in one regard. Um, I want to tell you a story. Mm -hmm. You've had a bad week, but I've had a bad morning. Okay. My husband's out of town again. He travels. It's football season. We're getting into sports season now that it's the fall. And um, I have one easygoing daughter that's so easy to get along with. She is my husband. And then I have another (laughs) daughter that is me. She has my personality. So um, this morning, she did not like her ponytail. And she tantrumed because she couldn't get her ponytail perfectly. And so Tova, have you ever done this? I, I had to leave without her because I was not going to engage in the tantruming behavior over the imperfect ponytail. And you left so her I at ca- home? I calmly gathered the backpack 
and her water bottle. And I said, I'm sorry, your hair isn't perfect. Your reaction is horrible. Yelling at me, throwing your brush at me and clawing me with your nails is not a good way to react. So you're grounded today when you get home. And I am now taking your sister to school. You can come with us or you can stay home alone but I'm not putting up with this. So I put her and the puppy and we all got in the car. And as I was backing out of the driveway, she came out running hysterical. You're going to leave me. I wasn't actually going to leave her, but I had to teach her a lesson. But she didn't know that. Well done for you. No. So I had to put the ponytail though in her hair on the side of the road because she tantrumed the entire way to school. I had to pull off the side of the road to finally do her ponytail and she was guffawing. (gasps) I know. I know. So I had to put in the ponytail, but um, it has not been an easy, uh, an easy they're morning. So and good, I know though, aren't I they? wanted to doing share that, that. The drama, mm-hmm. they're so good, right? At like doing that, the drama, the <laughs> that, like they're so good at it. I'm wondering like, where did they learn it? Like, do you do that? Us? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but I did do that to my mom. So I would like to formally, if my mother, and my mother does listen to cold coffee, by the way. So I sometimes have to watch what I say. I can't talk about my mom in a negative way, but not that I would, but I did this to my mother. I recall uh, in my teen years Mm. being in in front of the bathroom mirror going, mom, I can't get this side to curl the exact same way as this side. (laughs) And I threw a tantrum and I vividly remember it. So I did this to my mom. So payback is hell and the universe is now punishing me for what I did. So your mom. As a having child. a good old giggle now. <laughs> yes. So I guess we should welcome in our, oh, yeah. our listeners. Hi, and everybody. Say thank you so much. I know. It is, this is episode nine. Oh, my God. Uh, and I know we're doing so well. Um, and thank you to everyone who has listened and downloaded and subscribed and rated us on iTunes. We uh, love your comments and we love everything you've been sharing with us on our Facebook page, Cold Coffee Show. Yeah, so and we also love the messages coming. you're sending in. Thank you so much for everybody who sent in messages. And actually, today's show, I love how we just started and went off on one, forgot what the show was about today. What is the show about today? Because it's actually a serious topic, isn't it? Yes, it is a serious topic. Both um, Tova and I have had pieces go pretty viral recently about um, depression. Tova shared her postpartum depression story and I shared my anxiety um, story. So today we're talking about, and it's a topic, Tova, that people have written into us on our Facebook page and asked us to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Today we're talking about postpartum depression and anxiety and you don't have to be a mom. I mean, obviously postpartum is to mom, but a lot of women feel anxiety even if they're not parents. So we're kind of talking about that, our stories and ways we learn to cope with it. Yeah. And I, I really, I mean, I, again, like it's, it always amazes me when you put stuff out there and you share something that, again, you, you sort of struggle with and you feel like maybe it's just you, you get this massive reaction from so many people who then write in and say, wow, like you've just described how I felt and I didn't realize this was happening to me. I I didn't realize, you know, there were other people and that's always, um, you know, that I, I mean, obviously I'm not happy that people are suffering, but I'm happy to know that those posts help. So I shared a story about, um, you know, about how I felt after the birth of my first daughter. Uh, I was a, like, Mm -hmm. I was a new mom. Uh, First three months of her life were really, really difficult for me. Uh, I was, um, I mean, now I know that I was depressed. At the time, I had no idea and I didn't realize it. In fact, I thought that this is what I was supposed to feel. Slash, at sometimes I thought, why am I feeling this way? I'm looking around me and other people don't seem to be feeling this way, or at least I wasn't sure so how. So may I interject? Yeah. What were you feeling? You said... I mean, I know, was you, very... You, you were... Yeah, anxiety levels were, you, you know, sky high. The thing I described in the post was how I would sit by her cot for hours, Kristen, like if she slept and just watch her sleep because I was so terrified that she might die. You know, I was just really, really scared that she just would stop breathing. So I would just sit there and watch her and I wouldn't sleep. So one thing kind of, um, you know, affected the other because that meant that I was exhausted because I just wasn't sleeping. And I remember Mike, you know, begging me to sort of go to sleep because that affects everything. When you're tired and you're hormonal and you've got anxiety, then it affects everything. I was like, you know, I, I, I was, you know, when you can't think straight, I couldn't think straight. Um, yeah. And, um, and he would beg me, go to sleep, go to sleep. So I would make him sit by her cot and watch her while I slept. 
So I, he, she'd be at the cot next to my bed. I'd go to sleep and he, the poor man would have to sit there on the bed and Did watch he actually her. do that? Yeah, he did. did. He stay awake for you? Wow. What yeah. a good man. Yeah, he did. What he a great did just husband. so I would go to sleep, you know, and it would be a really bad sleep. I'd wake up, kind of wake up, you know, thinking something's happened. Just make sure he's still there. And, you know, so... I, at the time, didn't realize, like, that it was uh, postpartum dis- depression. Like, I had no idea. And it was only really a long time after that I read a lot about the condition. And, um, you know, a lot of women, more women are talking about it these days. And I read a lot about it. And when I talked about it with my GP, my my uh, family doctor, and described, like, what I was feeling and how those months were, he basically was the first one to turn around and say to me, it sounds like you had PPD and you just didn't know it, you know? So... Um, yeah, so it was just one of those things. I'm very lucky because about three or four months, things started kind of lifting by by themselves. I didn't get help. And I know a lot of women out there don't get help. And some of them come out of it, you know, uh, eventually and quicker or, or, or slower, whatever. But some, for some women, it can last a long time. And some, some stories are very devastating when women don't get help, you know. So my post was... Because I really wanted people to look out for signs and to know that the signs sometimes are not what you necessarily think. You know, you think maybe you're crying or maybe you're rejecting your baby. You don't want anything to do with the baby. But it's not necessarily those symptoms. They can be so many of them. And since the post has gone viral and a lot of people have been reporting about it, then yeah, doctors say, you know, like not being able to sleep because you're afraid that something will happen to your baby is definitely a symptom, which not a lot of people are aware of or talk about. So I felt like it was really important that people, you know, got that message and are able to maybe look out for those signs. Now, I, I is this the, um, I know that you had a very traumatic birth story. Was this, when you had the postpartum depression, no. was that from that traumatic no. birth? No. No. That was the twins. <laughs> I'm like a book of awful stories. That's for stories. another show. Awful stories. Oh, I feel so awful to say that. But motherhood is amazing. I mean, no, really, really. Um, I don't know. No. With the twins, it was a different situation completely, but it was not It was not that feeling at all. It was just with my first. Uh, and I think that's so also when- something that women say. If you have, if you've had PPD with one, with one ba- after giving birth once, it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have it again, you know? So No. And yeah. in fact, I didn't have it with my second that I had with my first. But before we get into my story, I wanted to um, ask you. So I know you're receiving a lot of messages since your post went viral about postpartum depression. Um, where do, where are you directing people to go if they ask you, you know, for help? That's a really good question. And actually, I wish I had a specific place to direct them. I mean, people are coming from different places in the world. So I wouldn't know one place that would be right right for everybody. But what I'm saying to people is, you know, A, it's great that you're talking about it. And it would be amazing if you could, is there somebody in your life now that you can reach out to? A lot of them are telling me stories about stuff that's happened to them in the past rather than happening right now. But if it is happening right now, my advice is, um, is to reach out, to speak to family, to friends, to your doctor, to tell somebody what you're going Going through, and some husbands, by the way, have also write into me and say, you know, you've just described what my wife's like, what my wife did, or what my wife is doing. So I feel like that's so important. If you recognize somebody that's going through it, even if they're not aware of it, then you know maybe you can, maybe then you can help them get the help. You know, um, so that's what I'm saying to people. I don't know. Maybe I should look into who I could direct them no, to. I no, no. I was just wondering. And that's interesting. Um, and there's been a lot of stories about postpartum depression that I've read even on mm-hmm. social media recently where a young mom committed yeah. suicide yeah. because she was afraid to ask for help. And that's why you've shared your story um, because... And that's why I shared my story, which we'll get to in a little bit, but because we want people to know that you're not alone and this is absolutely normal. I mean, when you give birth, your body changes drastically and you go from being this independent woman to having this little life that you have to care for. And Mm -hmm. it is an enormous responsibility. It's harder than raising your puppy. Those of you who say (laughs) your puppies are your kids, trust me, it's harder to have a a tiny human. 
And they don't come with an instruction manual. I mean, there's a million different parenting books out there, but each one is different with a different philosophy and people feel lost. I mean, I didn't know what to do. I remember the first night we brought our daughter home after she'd been in the NICU and she was just screaming and all night and we didn't know what to do. Do you hear my dog barking? Yeah, I do. I'm not going to pause (laughs) it either because this is real life. This is what happens. Dogs bark while we do our podcast. My but I love that he collar. barked kind of like a, a split second after you talked about people's puppies not being their babies. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, I'm your baby. Saying, How dare you I'm say your that? Baby. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's very difficult. Yeah. And we change as women. Our hormones change as we grow in life, even from our 20s to our 30s. You know, our bodies change and things happen. And you know, the more we have life experiences, the more things affect us in different ways. And I guess the moral of the story is it's okay to be, it's okay to feel this way. You're not broken. You're not, um, you know, you just need to get help. If you recognize it, there's no shame in asking for help. And I think what's amazing is that more and more women are actually sharing these stories and you see that it is actually more common than you thought it was because I think initially people thought, oh, you know, it's like this rare thing, but it's more common than people think. And it's also more common in certain situations. So like if, um, if you've had a C-section, um, because, you know, you might have had, uh, you know, drugs involved in, in labor and your delivery and that all these things like they have an effect and people, I don't think women know that, you know, I, I just wish people had told me in advance, like just to know that there's this thing and it might happen. Then I, then I would have maybe recognized the signs and gone, Oh, hang on a minute. You know, I'm maybe this isn't right. Maybe what I'm feeling isn't right. And I should go talk to somebody about it. Like I, genuinely had no idea, you know, and I think a lot of new moms, they don't have an idea, you know? No, they don't. And that's why like when celebrities like Brooke Shields came yeah. out years ago and, and talked about and advocated taking medication. She's got an amazing um, pink- film about it. Do you know? She did a documentary when the Bob... Uh, Is it out? Yeah, it's on. I think it's on Netflix. It's called uh, When the when the Bob Breaks, I think. When the Bow Breaks. Yeah. yeah, because they shared both of our posts, that yeah, website, that Facebook page, When the Bow Breaks. So check it out. Also, Pink has come out and been an advocate for um, feeling this way as well, who we love, who we want to talk about later, by the way. Well, actually, let's talk about that now. How amazing was Pink's VMA speech? I know. A couple of weeks ago. I know. So amazing. It was so beautiful. And uh, I loved how she just framed body image and femininity and masculinity. And she's just such an incredible role model. She is. Um, I mean, I adore her and I loved everything she had to say. And I feel like, um, yeah, such a great role model for her daughter, but for millions of little girls all around the world, you know, Um, I loved, there was one line that, that stood out to me the most was when she said, like, we need to help other people like see different, I'm not going to say it as nice as she does because I can't remember the quote exactly, but to see different kinds of beauty. And she's so right because it's exactly exactly that you know it's i mean who who is to determine what's beautiful i mean really who is to determine somebody has, no exactly somebody determined it you know some fashion industry some you know pulp culture some whatever they determine what's beautiful but who who are they to say like and i just love that love that as an idea i love her i i i, I follow her on instagram i absolutely adore all her posts so yeah Well done, Pink. (laughs) It's interesting you said that about beauty because I used to think beautiful was the woman who was a size two and had the perfect outfit and makeup and hair. And as I've hit my 40s, I think once you hit 40, I I don't know what it is. It's like that year is magical for becoming and learning to love and embrace everything about yourself. Um, I think honestly, you just don't give a fuck in your forties yes, to be honest. That is so true. And, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, I now see beauty from someone's spirit. Like if I hear someone, it doesn't matter what they look like or how big their hair is or what they're wearing. But if they say something that's just so loving and understanding and compassionate to me, that's beautiful. Yeah. Kindness is beautiful. Um, I see beauty in a completely different way. And that's, you know, I write my daughter's notes every day in their lunchbox and it's always be kind, have courage. You learn more from listening. Like I'm trying to teach them to just be good humans. 
You know what I mean? Like there's a great brand out there that's called, is it called Raise Good Humans or Raising Good Humans? Yeah, I know I'll have which to one share you mean. I'm not you. sure which one. Yeah. I love it. I love the slogan. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wanted to share um, and talk a little bit about mm. my anxiety post because I had never gone public about it. And listen, I'm not a celebrity like Pink or uh, you know Brooke Shields, but for some reason, the media has picked up on this post I shared on my Facebook page. It's been I had everywhere. Had a panic I've seen it everywhere. The Huffington Post and everywhere. And Us Weekly. Yeah. yeah. And um, a couple more interviewed me. I actually got several, like 10 interview requests. And I only think I did four just because it was a little overwhelming. Um, as a television reporter, Tova, I've been paid this. I'm, I'm starting my 21st season with the wow. heat in a couple weeks and uh, not with the heat, my 11th season with the heat, but my 21st season in sports broadcasting. And I've been paid my whole life to tell other people's stories. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. I love to talk to people and interview people and find out what makes them tick and, and tell their story. And I've traveled around the world doing that. I, I interview athletes, families and coaches. So the fact that the spotlight has been turned on me and I am now the story and my anxiety is now the story. It has been very humbling, very overwhelming. And I had a moment yesterday and I'm not too proud to admit that I went to my psychologist yesterday because of that panic attack I had and I hadn't seen her in nine months. And I told her that when all of these people wrote about me for the first time in my life, I felt like I mattered. Hmm. And it was, it was a really poignant moment yesterday. Um, so thank you to everyone who has written to me. Um, yes, I do suffer from anxiety. I don't know if I had it my whole life, but I've always been a worry wart. And I'm sure Tova, you noticed that I always hyper stress <laughs> about every little detail of the podcast, and I go, right? It's You're okay, like, but don't why? worry, it's okay. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but I had a traumatic birth. Uh, we did IVF and then they nicked my spinal column with the epidural and I had to have a spinal procedure called a blood patch. I was flat for a week while my daughter was in the NICU. I never saw her. I never got to hold her. So awful. Honestly, I, so awful. And, and so, um, and I, I remember those bright lights in the NICU when I finally could see her. And now whenever there's overhead lights on, they call it post-traumatic stress disorder. I, I just, I get a headache and it really bothers me. But, um, so it's no, it's no wonder that all of that trauma caused post, uh, it's called postpartum anxiety disorder. Um, I asked for help. My husband at like a couple months postpartum, I was sitting on the bathroom floor. Let me preface. I never wanted to commit suicide, but I had a thought in my head it would be so much easier if I was just dead. Like I had that thought and I knew at that moment that I needed help. And I told my husband that, and he knew I needed help. So the first thing we did was went to, this is what I would tell people who have anxiety or have issues, even postpartum depression. The first thing I did was go to my obstetrician. And if you haven't had a baby and you feel this way and you have anxiety and you're like, but I don't, I'm not a parent, then go to your primary care physician because she helped me too. It's okay to ask for medicine. If you take a pill for anxiety or depression, you are not a failure. You are a success because you have admitted that you have an issue and you are asking for help. Absolutely. It is a wonderful thing. There is no shame in taking medicine. Now, if you need that pill to help you, great. Take it. I take a pill. I take a half of a pill. I think it's a placebo, but it helps me. Um, but go to that doctor and tell them that you need help and then they can tell you, well, maybe you need a psychologist. Maybe you see it, need a psychiatrist. The difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist is a psychiatrist can prescribe medicine. Mm -hmm. If you need anxiety or depression medicine, a psychologist can help you get to the root of your problems. Mm -hmm. And Tova, you know, I'm very earthy crunchy. I go to acupuncture. I meditate. I, I'm not a religious person. But I believe God in the light and love is inside us. And we all have the power to heal ourselves. I believe that mm-hmm. truly, that we all have this love inside of us. We just need to listen and open ourselves up to accepting that love mm-hmm. and loving ourselves, that love from God, the love from light, whatever you believe in. I believe this. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> no, I'm looking at you and thinking, oh my God, you're, you're so, you're such, you're such, you're so great. Like, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm looking at you and thinking really good things. <laughs> Carry on. So Sorry. when, so, so I go to a psychologist or a therapist and an acupuncturist. I'm going to acupuncture today because sometimes we need a little help reminding ourselves that the love is there yeah, and that we do, we can overcome this. A lot of women have been messaging me 
that they feel like they will never get better. And I will tell you something. If you, what you believe you will achieve. If you say to yourself, I will not go to sleep tonight, you will not go to sleep tonight. If you say to yourself, I will overcome this, I can overcome this, I am overcoming this, you will. And it is hard. And let me tell you, I have broken down in tears because I have not had anxiety the entire eight years. A lot of people are messaging me thinking that I'm very, very ill. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I haven't. I overcame it after eight months postpartum. I was fine. I had my second baby. Nothing. Happy as a lark. I did every feeding. I was like you with the first baby. I was waiting for her to wake up. I was so anxious. I had that electric current running through my body. And I was like, oh, no, she's never, she's going to wake up. I'm never going to sleep. And I didn't sleep. And I didn't cope. And I got anxiety. So my anxiety came back after I breastfed for two years with my second baby to keep my periods away because I have really bad cycles. And I went into menopause after I, early menopause. And that's when my anxiety came back. I truly believe, Tova, that anxiety, there's an underlying cause. It could be physical. So if you are feeling a lot of anxiety, go get checked. You could have a thyroid disorder or be anemic or there could be a vitamin D deficiency or something. So get a blood panel done. If you have insurance or you use the Affordable Air Care Act, here in the States, you can get a physical with a blood panel and it's covered. Um, And I also think that anxiety, there is a root of anxiety. There is always, I believe, and again, my husband thinks I'm crazy and doesn't believe what I'm about to tell you. But I believe that our physical pain and our anxiety and our trauma in our lives is caused by our emotional pain. Mm I 100% believe this. Louise Hay just died. She was the founder of Hay House. She wrote a book called You Can Heal Your Life. Without this woman's teachings and wisdom and books, I would not have gotten pregnant. That book saved my life. And I believe, and in her book, she talks about how our physical pain is caused by our emotional trauma. So if you're suffering from anxiety... I I read that book, actually. What's it called again? Did you? You Can Heal Your Life. Yeah, I think so. Does the cover have a picture of her and there's some sort of light or something? No, I don't know. Yeah, there's a bunch of different covers. But yeah, yeah, so so I think if you need medicine and you need to start with medicine, ask for medicine. But eventually I urge everyone to somehow get to the root of what is causing your anxiety. Because like for me, Tova, I wake up and I feel like I have an elephant on my chest. And what I'm thinking is, oh my God, I got to get the kids to school. I got to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. Oh my gosh, I have so much to do. And I feel anxiety. And I thought yesterday, but what if I reframe that? And what if I think I get to do this? Mm -hmm. I get to take my kids to school. I get to be a mom. I couldn't be a mom for 10 years Mm -hmm. of fertility treatments, Mm -hmm. but now I get to be a mom. What if we look at it differently? I get to make their lunches. I get to feel their love. So for me, it's a lot of reframing my thoughts. And it is a lot of self-work. And it's hard work yeah. to work on yourselves. No, for sure. But it's but it's really um, it's really helped me. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to monopolize the podcast no, with I'm, my rant there. No, I feel there. like what you said now has probably touched so many people, you know, and really helped them. And I think it's amazing. And I know you're talking about reframing your mindset and I can relate to that a lot. And I do agree with you. I know, uh, I also agree that it's not always easy. And I know some people out there might think, oh, but you know, I can't. And I get that, you know, there's moments where you, where you feel like you can't, but, uh, but I can totally understand where you're coming from. But I wanted to ask you, so apart from reframing, you know, thinking of things a bit differently and, you know, focusing on the good and stuff, but is is there anything else? Like, you know, you were talking about physically. Are, I know that you like meditation. I know you like sport, yoga, stuff. So is there something that you can, does that add to it? I mean, does it help? Yeah. So I actually wrote a post. It's just live on my blog now. It's called um, Ways, Natural Ways I Help My Anxiety. And I wrote it that way because everybody's different. And what works for me is not going to work for everybody else. But sure. yes, meditation apps help for me. Tova knows I meditate in the mornings. Um, I do. I get up before my kids. <laughs> It's an app on my phone and it's so easy. It's five minutes. I get up and it really calms me and gets my me mind like calm and peaceful. You see, like I feel you've got it right because what you do, like you incorporate these things in your day to day. What I do 
I'm like a binge drinker, you know, like I won't drink all week. <laughs> no, really. And then I'll drink on the weekend. So I'm the same. Like I won't do anything for myself. And then once every few weeks, I'll do like something massive for myself. Do you know what I mean? But I feel like your way is probably better because I reach a point I where think- I'm full. Do you know what I mean? Like, because right. you just said like meditation and stuff and I don't meditate, definitely not on a regular basis. I mean, I've tried it, but when we, like I said, in the last few weeks have been, I've, I have actually felt really drained and very tired and just like I've had it, you know, and, and I've, you won't believe this, but I've booked a retreat. <laughs> yeah. What kind of retreat? I, a meditation and well-being retreat. <laughs> <gasps> Where? It's in, I want to go. In the UK Can I come? It's like the first time oh. I've ever done it and it's a five days and I'm going all by myself at the end of September and I cannot Amazing. wait. But I, what I'm trying to say is like, th- that's, that's my style. Like I'll just reach the point where I'm just about to fall off the cliff and then I'll go and do a retreat, you know, or go and spend a few, uh, you know, a couple of days with my friends or whatever. Whereas I think what you do is probably much more sensible, you know, like to incorporate well, the, it in your life, you know, the other you can. thing I would encourage people to do, and I don't know if you do this Tova, but, and again, this isn't just you know, moms, I mean, every woman, things happen to us and we feel emotions. Someone makes a sexist comment to us, right? Or um, our daughter does something to us that just makes us so mad or we get in a confrontation and we stuff those feelings because we're not supposed to cry all day, right? We're supposed to be strong and be able to handle it all. And I feel as women, and I know this is what's happening to me, I'm stuffing my feelings. I'm not expressing it. I'm allowing people to be disrespectful to me. I'm allowing people to be takers. I wrote a piece about takers, people that just suck on you and leech on you and take everything they can from you. Um, and And we don't get rid of those feelings. So I journal. I journal every night. I word vomit on the page. Sometimes it's a scribbly mess. Like, oh, I'm so mad. I'll look at my journal. Really? But with a pen? Like you'll do it in handwriting? Yes. I have a journal. I have a journal next to my bed. And before I go to bed, I write down what I... I'm actually thinking about making my own journal for people to to purchase or use. But um, I journal what happened in my day. And then I journal the the three things I'm most thankful for that day to change my mindset. But it's so important, I think, to get our feelings out. Like what made me mad today? What happened today? What made me happy today? Because sometimes you just need to get it out. Sure. And then I'll write down like important things I need to do the next day because a lot of times I can't sleep because I'm thinking about what I need to do the next day. Mm -hmm. So it really does help. And then the last thing, you know, I love to work out, right? I love, love, love to work out. I didn't used to like to work out, um, but I did start working out. And Tova, I think I want to share now, if you don't mind, um, that Tova and I are actually working with a new company that we both love. It's called Beachbody. I have never used the workouts before, but what I love about Beachbody On Demand is you can do the workouts at home. So I have, you know, I'm not a great athlete. People think that I work out all the time. I can barely run a mile. But they have the uh, 600 work, over 600 workouts for every every level. um, level. You can do yoga and the yoga is so lovely. Tova, it's like a white background. It's so serene. (laughs) Um, I do yoga on Sunday mornings. Um, They have Turbo Fire and P90X and they have dancing videos. If you don't like to work out, you can dance. Um, But they have so many different ways to work out and incorporate it in your daily life. And it doesn't even have to be an hour because who has time to go work out, right? You have 10 minutes, I fit it in. And what happens when I work out is it gets rid of those frayed nerves. You exert that nervous energy. It's like a form of stress relief. It's a form of therapy. And afterwards, those endorphins release and I just feel good. And also the fact that you can do it in your house just means that it is so much more convenient. You don't have to, you know, spend that time going to the gym or going somewhere else and coming back. You're, you know, you can just do it anywhere, which is awesome. And I love to kickbox, okay? Uh-huh, I, I used to that. actually, I used to teach a kickboxing class what? before kids. <laughs> yes, I was so fit. I used to teach a kickboxing class, That's but awesome. I haven't done it since I had kids because who has time to drive to the facility, do the class, come back? It's like two hours. We don't have time. We don't have time to meditate for five minutes or take care of ourselves. So I love that I can do it in my house and no one can see me when I mess up. Yeah. Because I'm always embarrassed when I'm at a class and I do the wrong move <laughs> and I'm like punching the wrong way. <laughs> but with Beach Body, I'm able to just do it at home. So the reason why I brought it up is because, yes, it helps me um, with my anxiety. Um, but 
Beachbody is giving everyone that listens to cold coffee a free trial membership. Okay, you guys, you can do workouts at free. If you've never worked out before and you're embarrassed and you don't know where to start, seriously, all you have to do is text the word coffee to 303030 and you will get a free trial membership in your home. Nobody has to know. You can do five minutes, you can do an hour, but I really encourage everyone to at least try working out, especially if you suffer from some form of anxiety, because it will help you. I guarantee it. Yeah. So Tova, I I know you've looked at it too as well. Yeah, no, I loved it. And I, what I loved about it is like you said, it's a lot of fun. There's a big variety. It's really not about, by the way, like anybody out there, it's not about, you know, necessarily changing how you look or losing weight or anything like that. It's more about just, you know, moving. And I think all of us want that, you know, and, and, and like you said, the fact that there's such a big variety just means that everybody can find something, which I think is awesome. Completely yes. awesome. And I'm definitely going to get that kickboxing. <laughs> it it is awesome. Amazing. It's called core. It's called core de force is the kickboxing one. But do the first video yeah. where they teach you the moves. Cause I was like, I didn't know how to do some of the punches. They are like So did tough. you give people but, um, the I, code what they need to do to yes. get their, yeah, cool. Yes. The, you just type the word coffee to 303030. You just text it so the, in your phone. Yeah. It's so easy. You don't even have to go online. Just text to 303030 the word coffee and you'll get that free trial membership. And you can do the workouts on your phone, your computer, however you want to do it, but give it a whirl. So I wanted to change the subject now before we go to yeah. what's uh, not so much news, but uh, not so news, but I wanted to talk to you about the Taylor Swift new music video. <laughs> have you seen it? Have you heard the song? Because I know like it's everywhere online. I mean, there's no way you haven't seen it. Although, can I just say, yesterday afternoon, I made my husband sit down and watch the music video because I knew that if I wouldn't do it, he would literally be the only person on the face of the planet who did not see this video. <laughs> so I just so- made him sit there and watch it. And he just sat there... I, I'm sorry, Taylor, but so, so bored. Um, he's he's not into kind of that type of music, you know? Um, yeah. So did you watch it? Did you like it? Did you I not did, like it? I did, and I actually liked it. I don't understand. I mean, listen, it's a departure for her from her original, you know, style, but we all grow and evolve. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that so many people are mad at her for imitating Beyonce's formation video a little bit because Beyonce wore a similar costume and had male dancers in a mansion. Um, And first of all, hello, it's been done before, people dancing with other dancers. And imitation is the purest form of flattery. Everything has been done before. I would like to give you all a little secret. In television, we get our best stories that we go and put on the air. Here's your secret. Tell me. We get them from the newspapers. (laughs) We read the newspaper columnists who have done all the research, and then we take their stories and reinvent them and put them on TV. That's how it works. It's so how it works. My God, it's so how it works. But I was reading like even more nasty comments than that. Like I was reading people calling her a lot of uh, names, you know, like, um, well, I didn't see this. Tell me about it. Just a lot of names, you know, like she was catty or full of herself, bitchy, whatever. Um, To me, what was, first of all, I did like the video. Okay. I I listened to the song when it dropped and I didn't see the video and I kind of went, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure about this song okay you know i have to listen it was to it okay yeah. I, I don't love it but i don't dislike but then it i when like I it. watched the terrible. music video and i and then watched it a couple more times first of all yesterday i couldn't stop singing the damn song in my head it was just stuck there the whole day you know <laughs> uh, which wasn't good but um but uh i loved the music video uh you see a lot of people were talking about all the references to like all the you know her feud with kanye west and her trial and the one dollar those things didn't interest me what I liked about it was just that she was just you know she just she's now decided she wants to be something else then yay you know and that what bothered me with a lot of the comments that people were making online was that I feel like this is a thing you know this is a thing that happens a lot in in our society like I feel like people need to pigeonhole women you're either the girl next door or you're either you know the vixen or you're either the slut or you're either the intellect but you can never be a bit of everything and the thing is like personally as a woman as a as a human being like I feel I'm a little bit of everything you know and maybe some stuff that I haven't even discovered yet and I feel like a lot of women are like that we always we're always evolving we're always reinventing ourselves we're always changing and I do think that people are 
are scared of that when they see somebody suddenly go, hang on a minute, I don't actually want to be what you want me to be anymore. I'm going to be something else. They don't like that, you know, and they fight back. So in that aspect, I really liked it and appreciated it. Um, I don't even know if that's what she meant or not, but that's what it meant for me, you know. Uh, and I think any time yeah, that no. people take different things out of something art, because at the end of the day is a form of art, um, it just means that there's a lot of layers then there, and it just means that it is relatable at any at all kinds of levels, you know. So I think she did a good job as an artist, you know, whether, whether or not you like it or not is is kind of irrelevant, you know. I saw I saw a quote from someone, a TV reporter, and she wrote something like, "Oh, she's a wacko," and I had I had two issues with that. One, we always label and judge people in this yeah. society, and social media allows us to do that. It's given people a voice that they wouldn't use in person. Would anyone call Taylor Swift a wacko to her face? No, of course not. Nobody would. They wouldn't come behind, from behind their keyboard and actually say it. Yeah. Um, so I don't like what social media does. It makes us all judge people and make fun of people. Um, but that's how the media is too. You know, it just drives me nuts. But two, um, I didn't think she was a wacko. No. I applaud her for speaking her truth. She she made fun of herself at the end with having a piece of herself from each phase of her life, yeah. which I thought was very, very, very metaphorically brilliant. Yeah. I love that part of the video. And I mean, I applaud her for sticking up for herself. And so what if she has feuds? I, I just didn't like the way people were dissecting. This is what this part of the video means. And the yeah. snake means that this is... The, it, that's not... How could you possibly know what she was thinking? She hasn't given us her, you know, adaptation of what each part of the video means. It's just... I don't know. I think people just need to have something to talk about. They like to have something negative to talk about. But it about. does so also that. feel that I, I, it's kind of like has happened before, hasn't it? When like there's a new girl on the block and everybody's rooting for her because she's cute and she's new and whatever. And then as soon as she kind of succeeds and she's big and, so, and then maybe she gets a bit of confidence and she goes, actually, yeah, I'm cool. I'm great. You know, then everybody wants to tear her down. It's like, it's like people don't really like to see confidence so much I, I that's how I see it I may be totally wrong but people don't re- really like to see that I don't know if if people would call I mean they do they call <laughs> they call Kanye West all kinds of names but like they you know you don't see people uh slaying like uh male artists you know kind of like you uh, know what though they did you know they do though remember last year no they do they do you, but they don't for the same reasons you know of right, course they it's do not, right. they do maybe for yeah. their art or they do for like different reasons like I feel like with her it's with the female artists it's always very personal you know what I mean that's right. the difference that I see at least I don't know. I didn't I didn't dislike it. It's not my favorite song in the world. I mean, even Right Said Fred came out and thought that she stole the beat from their song I'm Too Sexy. Ah. Is, did they sing that? Mm. I'm Too Sexy? Was that Right Said Fred? What's how does it go? I'm going to make oh, you, do you sing. Want, are you going to make me sing? <laughs> I'm going to make you sing. I'm too sexy mm-hmm. for my shirt. Too, too sexy, sexy for my shirt. shirt. Yeah. Do you remember that song? Yes, but how is this even remotely the same? Maybe I got Did Right Said Fred sing that? I could have totally have this wrong. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I actually, but before we go, go to not so news, I, I had to tell you a story. Okay. Tova. Tell me. So we had open house last night. Okay. And do you ever have it where what you is meet open someone? House? Like, um, let's start with that. open house. So you know how your teachers come to your ah, house to meet your kids. Yes. So we have to go to the school ah. to like see the classroom and learn about the curriculum and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I met a mom and I swear, like I wanted her to be my best friend. <laughs> You had like, a mom crush? It was like, you had a mom crush? I had a mom crush. Like, we totally got along. So cool. She was super nice. And she actually recognized me, not from television, but from my blog. She Amazing. had the anxiety post. And so we're sitting there. Did you have, I have to ask you a very personal question before I delve into the rest of the story. Did you have natural births or were you cesarean? Both times C-section. Okay. So I um, did natural, not natural. I had an epidural. I did vaginal births. So um, th- there's a reason I'm telling you this. So I'm sitting there talking to her and I start laughing and I notice I like, I had a little pee. I like, you know, like when you, when you have your babies and you push them out, you get a little incontinence. So then I start coughing and I had a little bit more and then I had another coughing fit and I had to run to the bathroom and I had white jeans on and I had soaked my pants. (laughs) So now I'm hoping that this mom doesn't know 
that I walked around because I really liked her and I want to be her friend. <laughs> and she's like, oh, and she asked this me for woman, her card. But she wants her pants. Is peeing her pants. <laughs> but I'm and betting she awful. wets her pants as well. <laughs> so I'm guessing you don't because you had a C-section. So I don't know why I brought this up. Can we have Adam delete this? Part? No, <laughs> no, this is, this is too good. This is too good. So, so I want to know to all the people in the world that listen to cold coffee, <laughs> if you've made it this far in the show, I want you to weigh in. The question of the week is where is the weirdest place that you have had a coughing pit or a laughing pit and you've had issues. I like You've that. had the same issue I, I like have. I like this question. I want to know. I can't believe you don't have this problem. You have like the most perfect well, school system all, in England. first of all, I feel bad now because I do kind of wee a little bit when I cough and now I don't have any excuse. Maybe I'm just like, I'm just rubbish. <laughs> You're just getting old. Yeah, exactly. You're just getting old. I'm, I'm getting old. That's what it is. I am getting old. Should we do not so news? Yes, you said you had a good one. I want to hear it. I do. Okay, so this is going to make you laugh. Apparently, um, they have done a survey. Um, Okay, I love it when they do a survey and they basically, you know, make a decision about the whole population. But anyway, 1,000 people, right? 1,000 men participated in this survey. And the results of the survey, they were shown pictures of women's vaginas. (laughs) And half of the men, wait, half of the men cannot label where the vagina is on a picture of the female body. That is, Wait a minute. Yes. So there are naked Wait, women. Wait, so 500 men point- fail to identify the sexual organ on a diagram also showing the vulva, the cervix, the ovaries, and the fallopian tubes. The poll also found one in six men, one in six men, know nothing about gynecologists, gyneco- I can't say this word, gynecological, yes, health issues. Uh, Gynolo- gynecological. Yes, there you go. that is the word. Gynecological. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> it was determined that many men see women's bodies as a taboo subject. <laughs> what do you well, th- let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you know anything about the male About What, body? about a penis? Like, I, but the penis yeah, is not like, very complex, though, isn't it? Like, is it complex? <laughs> no, really, is it? No. I'm not, no, like, it's I'm not, not being funny. I'm just, like, asking, is it complex? <gasps> I don't know. Uh, no, it's not. But I, you, know, you know, I, I feel just like now know. I'm I mean, gonna so, I'm so, gonna have to Google now penis and get a bunch of really uh, you know disturbing pictures. Interesting I'm gonna, pictures, I'm gonna, I'm gonna and then you're gonna get like warnings on your computer <laughs> that things viruses have been downloaded on your computer. Yeah. Um, I think that's interesting. So they knew where it was. They just didn't know which part yeah. of it was they what they used the during intercourse, which I think is really upsetting. Actually, um, so they're suggesting like maybe um, you know better sexual education at schools. <laughs> I don't know. This whole article is just full of really strange things. Um, but yeah, I found it really strange. What what I would have liked to know, because they didn't say it in this article, were the ages. Like what age? So the diagram, you can't see it, but the diagram is like... Um, you know, it it's, it shows you internally as well, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. So external, internal. Uh, but it didn't say we'll the have- age groups of like what their ages were. I don't know. Uh, Must have been those silly millennials. And it was in the UK, <laughs> by the way. This was conducted in the UK. So, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So that's interesting. I, so maybe we need better sex education we in the do. UK. Well, I actually have a story from the UK as well, which I didn't mean. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is from the Daily Mail. And the headline, are you ready? Yeah. Oh, dear. Most mothers would rather have a child that's the life and soul of the party than intelligent. <gasps> wow. Apparently, is this just another- 10% yeah. rated intelligence as the most important child characteristic. Yes, it was a study. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many mothers were polled, <laughs> but it was uh, only 10% rated intelligent as the most important characteristic of their child. So can, can you tell me what, the, what they rated? Like, what was it? So number one was the life of the party. Yes? Uh, it doesn't list it. Uh. It says conscientiousness. Was even less valued than oh. intelligence. With 9% I was going to say, mothers, oh, so okay. that is, a fifth of the mothers voted for agreeableness. Oh, go with the. So, flow. given that higher levels of intelligence and conscientiousness are both linked to positive life outcomes, such as success at school, work, and a relationship, it's surprising that only one in ten mothers valued them as the most important characteristics for your child," said Doctor uh, Sophie von Stum, the Wait, lead so researcher and senior lecturer Wait, so what was the number one thing they rated? What was the number one? Um, the number one, the, the number one was extroversion being popular. Oh, wow. Wow. That's interesting. 
Yeah. So, and one in 10 picked openness as the most important trait, openness, being open and being popular. So I would just like to say something. Yeah. Um, Being popular gets you nowhere in life. Yeah. (laughs) And I wouldn't know because I wasn't popular. I was smart. Really? I was a nerd. I can't see that. Like I would have pictured you homecoming queen. No, you know what my senior superlative was? What? Biggest flirt. Really? No way. No way. You killed me now. This is like such a surprise. I love it. Oh, honey. How do you think I'm such a good interviewer in sports? <laughs> Why I work with all I love it. Oh, I love it so much. Yes, I am very, um, I'm an extroverted introvert. I love to talk to people. I'm a social butterfly, but I'm really a nerd at heart. I would much <laughs> rather curl up on the couch with a good book um, than, than go out. I hate dressing up. I hate wearing expensive shoes. I like wearing flip-flops and baseball hats. Um, I wasn't a nerd. I mean, let's be, I mean, I, I, I am a nerd. I'm okay with being a nerd, but in high school I was so, so, I mean, I went to the parties and I was, I, I had some popular friends, but I also hung, I was in chorus. Yeah. I sang in chorus and I had drama and I was a little bit of, like you said, like Taylor Swift, I was a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I tell my kids, it doesn't matter if you have 10 friends or two friends, as, as long, long as, as you're kind. Good. And as long as they're good friends, at least you have one good one. That's for sure. But I want them to be smart. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to have to depend on a man for their livelihood. I want them to be able to support themselves if they want. Yeah, no, you know? for sure. I'm, I'm wondering if they gave them like options to choose for, or it was just like a free, a free fall. Cause these options sound very strange to me. <laughs> very, very strange. But I love conscientiousness, that you said, openness, yeah, agreeable. Openness, yeah. It's weird like traits. Yeah. Like I would, I, they if I was conducting the study, lists, you know, <laughs> if I, what would you, let's come up with our five personality traits, you and me. And we'll, we'll ask this as a question as well. What are the top five personality traits you want your kids to have? I'd like them to be Kindness. kind. Yes, kindness is number one for me as yeah, well. What else? Kind. So under kind, I'm, 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 I'm. I think considerate is in kind, right? So I'm not saying that. Right. So yeah. Kind. I definitely want them to be smart. You know. Um, yes, I'm the same with you. Smart. Yeah. Uh, I would say. Um, uh, I would like something well, joyful because I feel like with joyful is always like enjoying, like enjoying life. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? I would pick, yes, that's a good one. I would say loving though. And not only just loving other people, but being loving of themselves. You know, I think it's so important to teach the next generation to make time for themselves. Because I think so many of us nowadays haven't made time for ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I think loving and I, and then finally I'd like them to be really cutthroat, you know? Like, I feel like if you just let them be kind and loving and joyful and all that, and they don't have, like, some sort of ability to be badasses, they're going to have a problem, you know? I'm going to label that as self-assured. Something. They need some sort of badass attitude in there. (laughs) Let's just say badass. All right, so that's our second question. Um, If you could pick your number one characteristic personality trait of your children that you want them to be, what would it be? Um, anyway, so thank you so much to everyone who has listened to this show. Thank you, Tova. Thank you to our listeners. We um, are so thankful to everyone that has written in, that has been listening and downloading. Don't forget, if you like this show, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to take it one step further. Share it. If you see it on Facebook and you like this show, share it with your friends. We, um, we want to hear from you and we, um, we so appreciate you. So have a great week, everybody. And, uh, don't forget to check out our Facebook page, Cold Coffee Show. Bye.